welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, it's episode 200 of the Yak Sports Podcast. We're sitting in the same room right now, recording this podcast for the first time ever. How weird is this July 4th for you? Well, <laughs> when you think about it, you know, it's the 200th episode, and that's really the only thing July 4th is known for this year. I'm glad we have a reason to remember <laughs> July 4th this year, because otherwise it's just a day that comes and goes. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely different. I like your setup here. This is cool. Um, you've got two giant TVs I never or monitors. Used, I never used that one. This this is it's all come together more recently. Uh, in March, I got motivated for this for half my system, but in this room and everything set up is has only been the last uh, two weeks. So don't, I mean, don't think awesome. I've been living in luxury forever. Well, I mean, I just choose to assume you're living a much larger than life <laughs> atmosphere when we're doing our recordings versus my small setup. Like if we were to record in the same place where we do mine. One, I would need like a three weeks heads up so I can, <laughs> you know, get it people proof. But, um, yeah, half most of this setup is uh, my company pays for me for work from home. And yeah, that has a lot to do with it. So. I was gonna say, I think the only part you would appreciate <laughs> is occasionally I can watch TV while we record. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the hockey playoffs. The hockey playoffs is really <laughs> the only time that happens. Yeah. Well, the only thing to watch recently though is all these updates on conference realignment which have been crazy. And you and I spoke the kind of the day it all fell apart. Uh, and some people think that's, you know, coming together. Uh, I think it's fallen apart from my point of view as a traditionalist. Um, but I, I just, the, I think the point I kind of got to in our conversation the other day was whatever world we lived in, where we made decisions, what we thought, our opinions on conference realignment, whatever we thought, I'd say, Two years ago is probably the safe number to say. Two years ago, we live in a completely different world than we did two years ago with all this stuff. It started with Texas and Oklahoma, this this new swing um, of the major realignment. And we should have seen this coming. Like, we should have seen this coming, especially after the ACC and the Pac-12 didn't agree to the automatic playoff um, tie-ins and changing the playoff and having the more teams and having the automatic bids. As soon as they denied that... I think we should have seen that major stuff was going to happen because we thought that was major. How do you respond to something major that doesn't happen? You you come in harder, and uh, that's what's happened. I mean, this is the Pac-12 getting ripped apart. Yeah, and the there's a lot to unpack, and we can talk about you know the various aspects about it. But just focusing right now on the initial USC and UCLA decision to move to the Big Ten. Um, I, I guess there's more money there. Uh, you know, I I know Big Ten football is seen on a lot more TVs than Pac-12 football because the Pac-12 network is maybe the only conference that has it together less than the ACC in <laughs> yeah. terms of their network and getting it available on cable. Uh, but so getting on the Big Ten helps spread their brand. It's going to be really interesting when those noon kickoffs on Eastern Standard Time, like USC and UCLA are on the road on those. Like, that's going to be brutal for those kids. Uh, but uh, that's why they're they're doing it for money. And, you know, the other question here, and obviously this move is facilitated by college football, as is every other realignment yeah. that yeah. takes place. But you do wonder, like, when it comes to these other sports, like, volleyball... Not that there's anything wrong with volleyball, and I don't, 
I'm not knocking any sports here, but they're called non-revenue sports. Those already are costing schools money. Like this is only going to increase that. Right. And UCLA and USC now, your closest conference game is Nebraska. Like you're going halfway across the country on your best day. Yeah. Like it's it's just and all the built-in rivalries you have, and, yeah. and, and and I think it goes down the ladder. Sure, football, you think about rivalries. Well, yeah, USC playing Ohio State sounds great, and that's going to be fun, and they'll develop some rivalries. But on these non-revenue sports, you know, it's it's good to have those multiple rivalries or at least, you know, matchups that you're used to that are regionalized that do get people excited because, you know, mommy went to Arizona State and daddy went to Cal, you know, like right. that kind of thing that – I, I mean, I guess the Pac-12 still exists to a point, but, like, uh, these two schools leaving it, for those two schools, uh, everything's national now. It's a national it's a national conference. Um, and, and where the Pac-12 probably already considered themselves, in a sense, a national pro- conference, now it actually is. Now they're stretching from L.A. to New Jersey, from Rutgers to UCLA, and it's there's nothing geographical, nothing regional about it. But for the reasons that they make decisions – there's sense because of the money. There is more money. The TV contract will be bigger and they'll get bigger because you have that LA market. You have those football matchups that are, you know, sexier to the, the TV guide and the and people are going to tune in of USC, Ohio State or Wisconsin or any of these, you know, US, and that's just because USC is the more traditional all-time brand. UCLA has had their time as an all-time brand. It's just we haven't really, in our lifetime, that really hasn't been as big of a thing, I guess, right. since Troy Aikman went there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they could return, and this can help them recruit the nation even more so than they already do. Um, though at UCLA was recruiting Florida, if they, you know, recruiting across the nation if they want to do And this doesn't get them in Florida. This gets them in to New York. So you have the New York market and the L.A. market in one conference, so the and, money's going to be there. And, and Chicago. And Chicago, yeah, yeah, the whole Midwest, which is the Big Ten. So it, it, it's definitely interesting of how this is going to lay out. I, I got to say, I don't, just off the cuff, I don't like it. I, I'm not right. here for this. I don't want this. I want there to be a Pac-12. I want there to be an ACC. You know, we down on the Big 12, and most of these conversations are football-based, uh, you know, we down on them. But, like, it, it didn't hurt anybody that the Big 12 existed, and, like, it, it could be good. But when – when you have Oklahoma and Texas leaving it, it's leaving that in shambles. The Pac-12 is left in shambles. Are they going to kind of combine for something? I, I honestly hope that's the way things go because all this talk of like, okay, Fox will own the Big Ten and ESPN will own the SEC. They'll get to 24 teams each, and then that's it. I don't like that. Like, I'm not saying I won't watch it. I'm not saying it'll make me watch college football less. Virginia Tech's placement in either one of those might make a slight difference for me. But – I, I don't want that. I want at least four power conferences and, and I'm fine. You know, if you had the four power conferences, if, if the PAC 12 can pick up some of the big 10 and kind of have that swath of a conference, big 12, the, yeah. the big 12, the ACC can hold on to what they have. I think you got to add Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe somebody else, you know, get settled there and then, okay, have your, have a semifinal, a conference final, and then those four teams make, you know, then a national semifinal, national final. That's not a bad setup. Like, it's hard to argue with that setup. Now, I know you're going to come at me with, you know, the little guys and little schools. This is blocking the little schools out, 100%. This is just, you know, instead of, you know, it's the rules without saying it's the rules, this is just saying it's the rule. You know, we we only care about the big teams playing big teams. 
And, you know, I always speak to liking that. I always speak to liking those games. You're more often going to have the more competitive matchups if you have those bigger schools. But, you know, it, it, it makes what JMU just jumped into in FBS football. Now there's two levels again in FBS football, and it's not the same, and you're not playing for the same trophy. And it's just, I, I don't like that. I'd rather it stay closer to what it is and stays that way, not for JMU's sake, not necessarily for Virginia Tech's sake, because I think Virginia Tech can be involved in whatever is going to happen with the big conference. I, I don't think they're sitting on the outside looking in by any means. But I just, you know, I like I like what I know I like. I don't want to discover something new to like. I, I know I like college football close to the way it is. Let's let's leave it in that area. And, and it's not going to stay that way. It, it's still changing. There's still going to be more changes. So me wanting it that way means nothing. Yeah. Um, so... I'm with you. I hope the Power 2 doesn't become a thing. Right. It's a Power 4. It, I think the Pac-12 is what disintegrates, not the Big 12. Because it. I saw last night reading up where Arizona... Big a lot more nimble. Yeah, it was one, one report where Arizona is exploring a move to the Big 12. I would imagine Arizona State is probably interested in that as well. Um, and then you look at you know the Utahs and the Cals and the Stanfords, and can they get in? Um I, I think, I think the Pac-12 should, as a as the conference leadership, should call the Big 12 and try to Colorado to may, in themselves. Colorado may be calling the Big 12 and saying, yeah. "Hey, just kidding, coming back." <laughs> yeah, we'd love to be back in the Big 12. We always loved it. It was just Oklahoma and Texas we didn't like. And now that they're gone, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, this is why though, like going back to, I wanted a 16 team playoff. All 10 conferences get in. Like that does negate some of this. It negates some of it because every conference is in. And so for some of the conferences, like maybe the TV money still drives everything. But conferences wouldn't want to join a 24-team conference then. Because it's like, well, all yeah. of a sudden that automatic bid gets really hard. Versus we can stay in the Big 12 and or we can stay in the Pac-12 if we're USC. And we're playing with like one or two other teams really that can compete with us there. It- it feels like Oklahoma and Texas started the move to make that irrelevant. Like to and and like now, and, now looking in hindsight, yes. And the playoff and the playoff and the vote ACC that the and ACC Pac-12 and Pac-12 yeah. saying we don't want to expand the playoff was infinitely stupid. It was infinitely right. stupid at the, at the time. I disagreed yeah. at the time that that wasn't what was best for the conference, and now it's absolutely not best for the conference because now the ACC is basically. I I love all the people saying it's time till Notre Dame they've got to join. I'm like. Look, you can only push Notre Dame so hard. I mean, you need Notre Dame to join. But if you piss Notre Dame off and they choose the Big Ten, you're the conference that goes away. I've always heard of this, and I've never read the document by any means. But, you know, there's some kind of agreement. If Notre Dame chooses to join a football conference, it has to be the ACC. I wonder what, like, what's the language? What's the financial? What, what What's the penalty in? if I they don't? I want to know what yeah. that is now more than ever because – you know, how easy is that for them to break? Because they, they're sitting in the middle of the Big Ten. It makes sense for them to be in the Big Ten. And so when they got in the ACC for all sports football and there apparently was that agreement, I was like, okay, you know, it makes, you know, good for us, I guess, to have the national brand right. Notre Dame. But, like, it didn't make as much sense as them going to the Big Ten. So, yeah, I want to know what teeth are in that. The other thing they talk about a lot right now that I've only really learned about in the last week is these grant of rights with the ACC that's apparently holding all the conference together right now where, um, sure, there's a buyout like we're all used to for them to get out. That's not the grant of rights. There's just some high dollar, tens of millions, what is it, 80 million or something, like to get out of the conference. Well, you can pay that and get out, 
and fine, but then there's still a part of this agreement where you then would have to pay your media money that you receive from your new conference or wherever you go after that, you'd have to pay it back to the ACC till 2036. And that's why teams aren't going to be bolting out of the door. That's why we already haven't heard of Florida State going to the SEC is because of that grant of rights, keeping them in the ACC because they can't give up that media money for, you know, 15 years or I guess 14 years. So I'm glad that exists right now. <laughs> but apparently if like anybody uh, – if they try to add somebody to the conference that messes that grant of rights up. So ACC is kind of just stuck in this spot right now. And like I said, this ain't done. We're not done with teams moving around. And so I'm just scared of what's going to happen and what the way they find out around this grant of rights. That's me saying, I don't understand the grant of rights completely. And what I'm being told this grant of rights is keeping it together. I don't know that I haven't read that. I have, you know, I've read three articles. I haven't read. I, I also just don't see that being enforced. Like, I, I also see that going to court and then some kind of settlement being reached. Yeah. And like, that's what I'm worried about is, like, where is there room for settlement? Where is there room for, for movement? So, right. And that's why you and I both agree to this. Virginia Tech has to be buddies with the big boys in the ACC right now. They've I, got, they I would be talking to, be. to Miami, and I would be talking to my, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, yeah. as many or all of them that you could be friends with. Well, that's, with, you that's your friends, friends if, if you're making the move to the SEC. I, okay, in, so in terms of like if you get invited to the Big Ten, I guess Boston College, maybe Syracuse is your friend there. Like Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. But um, you need Virginia Tech needs to be ready. Whoever calls first, you take that. Yeah. I I look at it where and this is kind of shifting and the conversation. And this is if Notre maybe. Dame doesn't come. Now, if Notre Dame comes to the ACC, I think the ACC is fine. Yeah, I agree. And then you're but adding somebody else. they're not coming else. unless they know Clemson, right. Florida you're, State. Those big you're adding somebody else. And honestly, I know the ACC has fought this for years and years based on academic prestige or whatever. But you got to get over yourself and you got to add a West Virginia. Yeah, you got to beef up your conference a little bit with more teams. That, you got you to gotta protect yeah. your conference. And, and you got to get to that number where all of a sudden, okay, we're a power conference and nobody can touch that. And not the expansion like we saw the last time where it seemed like basketball had a pretty good influence on that last expansion mm -hmm. when Syracuse, uh, Pitt, Louisville. Um, Louisville, like those ads, Boston College, I guess, was in that. No, Boston College came when we did. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those, that kind of ad, like people were kind of looking at that cross side because that was the first time like it didn't seem like football was the major thing. If, if, if you're adding teams, you got to look at it football first and uh, their basketball come together. Like that's how you got to look at it. So I – that's the ACC holding it together and everything. That's hoping for a four, a power four. But mm -hmm. um, that's that's really the only hope. Where I was starting to shift it here is, I, I when I look at the landscape, I I just wonder. Okay, the ACC gets rated by Big Ten and SEC. SEC. Not all the teams are going somewhere. Right. Like there's there's not there's more teams than the SEC or Big Ten would want. So who's going where and. All those schools I just named from the South, very much you think they roll right into the SEC, and that's fine. I feel like we are more of an SEC-ish, and I think UVA is more of a Big Ten-ish. I was going to say, I don't, rivalry and all that, I but don't I just, see Tech and UVA being in the same conference. If it this. goes to a power two, I, do, I, I think one goes somewhere and the other one goes to another place or nowhere. Like, that's the, yeah. that's the problem. And uh, it would surprise me that UVA not go somewhere just with the history of UVA, the backing that they have, the connections they have. I just would be surprised if they get left out in the cold. 
Um, I'm worried about us getting left out in the cold, but I, I also don't see that happen. I, I, I honestly, if I just like, if you say, okay, it's going to be in five years, there's a power two conference. I'd say, okay, Texas and SEC and, and, and UVA's in big 10. That's how I would think it would go down. I would say tech has a better chance of getting in the SEC than UVA. Yeah. Um, I would say, I don't share your optimism on UVA because mm-hmm. I don't, UVA doesn't have as much of a diehard fan base as Virginia Tech and especially in football. And I don't know what UVA is bringing to the table other than lawyers that is appealing to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, the D.C. market they already have in Maryland in the Big Ten. Exactly. Like, they don't need UVA's exactly. D.C. Which is market. Why, that's which why, is why that's a harder sell for Tech, too. Like, that's why if Tech gets left out from the SEC, I worry. Because the Big Ten maybe takes Tech, but maybe they're like, oh, we're good with Maryland. Yeah. Like, we don't need you. But then the Big Ten would have to be looking at Tobacco Road and North Carolina schools. Sure. Uh, for, you know, looking at UNC and even the smaller Whoever doesn't Duke go to and, the SEC. Because you, yeah, that would be you my have worry. a Northwestern. Right, that that's would be my worry. Equivalent. Um, so they'd be skipping past UVA, like past Virginia schools. So I would hope that wouldn't happen, but it could like, why, why do you need the in-between when you can just jump there? That's why I I do worry. I I don't, I I think if there's a power two, the only way tech and UVA are in the same conference is if they both got left out, which would be bad. I don't think they'll be in the same conference. So I agree with you there, but I think, you know, look at, so, so then moving the conversation forward a little bit, look at what schools are just going to find out no homes. I, I worry about uh, Louisville. Louisville is not going to have a home. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have a home. Um, oh, so I, I probably have, I should Pitt. Pitt is not going to have a home. They, they are praying for Big Ten because SEC definitely don't want them. Yeah. Um, um, but so would like West Virginia in the same case too. Right. West Virginia, West Virginia would end up without a home. praying for a power four because if it goes yeah. down to power two – They've all if it's been power on the four, outside the yeah, whole if time. it's power four, they could potentially get in the ACC or they could stay in the Big Twelve and probably be fine. They're, um, they're, they've never been on the inside, right? West Virginia, they've always been on the outside. They like backside of Big East, uh, missed the boat out of the Big East. They've always been left out. And to their credit, it's not their fault. They've been trying. Like oh, they've wanted yeah. to be in the ACC ever since Virginia Tech left. Everybody shows them their report card, and, right? Yeah. Um, which I do find ironic because I'm like, okay, these kids you're taking in are not valedictorians by any means in some cases. Like, look, Gerard Evans, right? The big rumor is yeah, he, he left, left because he, he couldn't, he he couldn't come back to school. About to be so yeah. it's not like the players are being recruited and they're looking at their grades being like, oh, well, you know, we were going to let you play since you're a Heisman candidate, but, you know. I, I think uh, – but. Th- I think part of what we're just saying there is the old world that doesn't exist anymore. I think they give the yeah the I, I, decisions based on academics. We're past that. We're I, that's why the that. ACC the SEC's cannot... been done with that forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now everybody's going to join them. Yeah. So I think I think you're right about that. I do wonder as we talk about you know the non-revenue sports a little bit and their aspect on this. I do wonder if this just gets to a point where the conferences, especially if it's a power two, um, <laughs> still break it into groups. Where like these are just football conferences, and then everybody else about that. everybody else goes regional because yeah. it's like you know what um, we need to be able to maybe not go bankrupt on these other sports yeah over football and I think the NCAA the cat's already out of the bag with football 
for S for NCAA. Mm-hmm. They already don't own the playoff. They yep. already don't own the which bowl is, games. Which is another so reason I think that's why that can kind of go separate. The NCC, see, uh, the NCAA, the biggest thing they hold is the NCAA basketball tournament. So they'll do anything and everything they can to implement pressure to hold on to that mm-hmm. big money maker, which is a great thing that we all enjoy watching. And there's no need for great change. Like we don't need a basketball tournament that just has these power two schools that we're talking about. You know, if that comes to that, like. We don't need that. Like, no one's pushing for that. So, like, let football be football and then go from there. I, I And so don't even, like, I'd say damn change the names of everything. So, yeah. like, you still have an SEC that doesn't have football in it, but, like. It's smaller than. Yeah. yeah. It's smaller than uh, what the football conference is. And there's, you know, the Big East still exists yeah. in basketball. It doesn't exist in football, but it does it still exist in yeah. basketball. Uh, and, you know, Why maybe. Not? Maybe you just have new names for conferences, like you know the Eastern Conference, the East Coast Conference, the yeah. West Coast Conference, whatever. And even if they held it. on to some of those names, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah, I don't I, care what they call just, them, but just yeah. I could see it becoming more regional in terms of those sports to just help athletic <laughs> what, budgets. What do we have in football then? Change the names of those guys. What do we have the uh, the Yankees and the Rebels, or what do we? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. But I mean, like, what? Even if you get to 20 and you have four 20-team conferences or two 24-team conferences or whatever they end up doing, like I do think you have pods, and, and then those kind of become de facto conferences And you're playing inside. so many of your games you're playing, in those pods. You always play yeah. your own pod, and then you play like one of the other pods, and that rotates on a two-year cycle or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, something. Something or... Or you do a home and away. conference games. Right, you do home and away with one, and then you do home and away with the yeah. others. And in subsequent years, but um, but the, the the thing about all this is, we're, this isn't when I say let's look ahead five years and see. We're not gonna have to look ahead five years. Like this is happening. This is gonna that. happen in the next one to two years. Yeah, like within two years, we're gonna know what we're what we got. And uh, I don't know. That's why I just every don't know day I, that goes by that the ACC doesn't make a move just makes me more and more nervous and. I want Virginia Tech to be on the phone with the SEC. Now. Yeah, apparently Notre Dame is the only one they can add without jumping through some hoops. So I assume that's part of their problem right now. But even if if they could lock Notre Dame in, that would be a great signal. They that would be Notre that gets Dame you to saying 16. we have faith you exist. Like your the ACC is going to exist. These ones are going to stay. And and maybe some of those conversations are happening. Like it's, it's, and that does get you to sixteen. Yeah. In terms of football, I, and then and then I think granted rights you can renegotiate that. Yeah. And Hey, then, we got to put up against this. Everybody's on board. Everybody's still here. We need four. You know, we need four more schools. Like West Virginia, work together, fine. West Virginia is going to be one of those. And and then you know what? Like I, I do think I know Cincinnati's just joining the Big Twelve, but contracts are made to be broken. If if nothing else has been shown to us during this realignment talk, I think you look at Cincinnati I, to get into Ohio. I think you start looking into some of these others, these other schools and other states, and I I think. I don't know if the ACC has the map to get into the Pac-12 part of, yeah. of the country. but I mean, I'm certainly not rooting for that. I, I think you start to look at Memphis. I think you start to look at Cincinnati. You look at, you maybe see if USF. you can pick off Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say you already have Florida. I'm not worried about Florida if I'm the ACC. But I do look at Memphis. I look at... It's about like Houston or someone in Texas. Maybe. If you're going to Oklahoma, you might as well be looking at Texas. Maybe. I just think you got to do something. And right now it is... How about the uh, like Army-Navy? You could try. Those are national brands. You could try. 
I don't hate that. I, but you got to do something. And so who have we said? We said Cincinnati, West Virginia. I well, said on top I threw of Notre, Dame. Notre Dame gets us to 16. So on top of Notre Dame, we're saying West Virginia, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, yeah, Memphis. So then you go, yeah, Memphis. That map is wrong. Iowa State is not in the AAC. Yeah, this is a ex- possible expansion thing. Iowa State goes I was just the looking American. For names. I mean, my God. Yeah, there's yeah San Diego State. Yeah, it's a weird looking thing. But yeah, uh, I yeah. just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the fourth is. I haven't not landed on Army that. Navy. Something Army like Navy is an interesting little one because of national brands. Yeah, it brings Virginia Tech's nightmare of having to play you, that offense. You probably twice. have like an you probably have a reason to get into Southern California, like San Diego TV markets with you have Navy on your in your conference. Like you, you probably yeah. have that, that negotiation, which is for money. Um, sure. You probably have that kind of talk. I don't know. But I do think you could get into SEC country some with Memphis or, you know, even an Oklahoma State or something like that at that point. Yeah, UAB is not there. I, I agree with Florida, the Florida. You don't need another Florida school. I think if you're going out – as far as Oklahoma State, like you said, you're probably looking at like a Houston or something even before that. Like, try to get them paired. If you're you know, rating the Big together. Twelve, you rate the Big Twelve. Yeah, I think you're looking at Baylor. I think you're looking at Texas Tech. Well, Baylor'd be that brand. I know me and you have torn Baylor apart. I don't this like podcast, Baylor, but, but yeah, I don't like Baylor and what happens at Baylor. But because I think if you're rating the Big Ten, Big Twelve, you rate the Big Twelve. If you've already taken Cincinnati and West Virginia from them. You look at Oklahoma State. You look at maybe SMU or TCU. Maybe TCU would be a good one to get. TCU would actually be a great one to, to get. To this point, TCU has played this game really well. That, TCU that or would SMU. That continue yeah. that role of how well they're TCU playing. TCU or SMU would actually be great because then you get Dallas-Fort Worth. That would actually be great market to pick up if you're the ACC. Yeah. But again, this is assuming you get Notre Dame because if Notre Dame doesn't join – if no one's, I mean, no one else is coming. No one's coming. Yeah. Because you are a prime candidate to get rated by the if SEC. If you hear an official statement that Notre Dame is not coming, you, the next the next voice you're going to hear is Dabo Sweeney explaining their move to the SEC. And Florida State and – I mean, a Flor- and yeah, Florida State Miami. Yeah, it's crazy. You it's just, just got to so figure crazy. it out. You got to figure it out. You got to be ready to get – you got to be ready to raid the Big 12. That alliance did not last long. It didn't last a year. It didn't even last like a second meeting. It was like the meeting that they said they were like to create it happened. And then the next meeting, <laughs> it's, it does gone. Not, there's no second meeting yet. They're already gone. Oh, man. But I mean, this is and also if it's a power four, like this is the Big 12's lifeline, right? Like they're going to hope to prevent the ACC and SEC from rating more. But unfortunately for them, they're kind of in the middle. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense to get into those markets. I honestly, that combined Pac-12, Big 12 thing, like I was saying, like if they could line up, that's not the worst looking map of schools. Like you have an East and, or a West and yeah. South division or West, you know, West and East division. It's not the worst swath of schools that I've seen. Like it, it's way better than the Big 12, Big 10. Yeah. I just, I don't know... I don't see how all of those teams stay where they are if you're going to a power four. Because the Big Ten right now has what? The Big Ten has 18 after this move, I believe, right? 
17. Or is it 16? I think this is 16, isn't it? They have Penn State. Um, well, we're looking at different conferences now. Yeah, I'm, I thought that was on something that was going to help me, but I want to stay here. We're looking it's, at – It's looking good. Yeah. <laughs> it's having information. Current Big Ten. Because they have Maryland, Rutgers. Here, I got us. <laughs> I just got, I should have gone on football reference. Or ESPN. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have 14 now, so this makes it 16, like we said. Okay, so that yeah, gets them we to 16. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're at 16, and, the, and the, I mean – if if they're not going past sixteen, I guess the then ACC you could have a power hold four. on at sixteen. And you, you could would... hold on at sixteen. The Big Twelve needs to get to sixteen, and then they stop. And them and the Pac twelve figure out what sixteen they're keeping. But the SEC still more. The SEC is at sixteen. Now. Yeah. Then they're adding Oklahoma and. Texas. No, they're at sixteen. They're sixteen with them. Yeah. So, yeah. If everybody has sixteen. It's just going to leave a lot of people sitting. That's when you want your uh, relegation to come back in. And honestly, <laughs> if you go to those power conferences, I think that's a serious conversation you have to have. I think you have to look at the Vanderbilts and the Rutgers and say, hey, one of you guys doesn't belong. And maybe occasionally some of these other schools play their way into getting into a power conference. Now, they'll never do it. No, they won't. Because there's too much money on the line. That's why I was just letting you talk about it, because it's something that'll never happen. You know, I, they could all just stay at 16. It's just then, like, everybody, like, so many schools are be left out, but that's where they're, most of those schools that are getting left out, that's where they've been. That's where they've been is on the outside looking, yeah. and that's where they want them. They're always one step behind. And then, I tell you what, the playoff realignment, or playoff expansion talk can come up again, and the ACC and Pac-12, if they survive, or Big 12 or whatever. Big 12, Pac-12 mixture, yeah. Yeah, the big Pac-16 or whatever. Yeah. Um, Better damn well vote for it. Yes. No, yeah. You you got to. You got to set up. I think that's when you just set up your semifinal final of your conference and your semifinal final national, and everybody rolls in it. No one else is invited. Well, or you just say, you know what, we're going to make it 8 or 12 and then one G5. One other conference gets it. Yeah. That's the only way Cincinnati so – they're going to change this just in time for Cincinnati. <laughs> well, at the, and then it'll be, you know, hope for a Sun Belt or a Mac or somebody like that to yeah. go undefeated. And I will say, if, if they go to a Power 2 or a Power 4, I don't want to see those schools play other schools. Only play each other because this is what you wanted. When you make yeah. these mega conferences, just play each other. Don't play out. Don't only play the other power conference yeah. or other power conferences. No don't play FCS the G- game. No, no G- FCS. Yeah. No, don't play the G fives because I you you very obviously are so much yeah. more superior. You don't need to play them. Yeah, play You're, each other. You should be good enough to handle playing. Yeah, the worst game you have possibly could be Vanderbilt, which is low, but like, yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt has no problem finding games, but yeah, yeah. there's yeah. Don't play San Jose State anymore. USC, UCLA. Don't play, uh, you know, Mountain West, Western American, Carolina, Alabama. Like, yeah. And no FCS games. So we'll see how all that goes. I don't know. It's honestly like my thing is if you're Virginia Tech, you can't be worried about trying to return a favor that UVA did 
of getting you in the ACC. Like that can't be in your that can't be in your math. Your your equation has to be, we are going to get into the SEC come hell or high water. Yeah. And if UVA comes with if the SEC wants UVA too, awesome. If they don't, good luck. Yeah. We'll play in football. Yeah. I it. Unless of course they're not in the power two or power four, in which case then by my rule I don't want to play in UVA. My initial <laughs> thing was that I would I would expect both of them to find a home. But um I'm just saying when you I think, think the about most, it the most likely scenario them both finding home is that the ACC still exists. Yeah. And again, I'm not knocking UVA athletics. I, UVA athletics is a fine program, but oh, across the board, definitely. I mean, they it's, they win a bunch. But like we say all it's the time, all and they get mad. They get mad bases. at Tech fans when we say it's who cares? What have you done in football? That's the only thing that matters in these conversations because that's what's driving the boat. Absolutely. So everything else, it's great that you have a great men's basketball team. It's great that your lacrosse team and soccer teams and whatever. Are I good. mean, the men's basketball team, I, like that was the first champion national championship they won that I was jealous of. You know, all yeah. the other ones, like not that I would like to have other schools winning national championships, but like that was the first one that made me mad. Like, right? Come on. Yeah. Like, like I didn't like baseball, but okay. But those then when they won driving, basketball, oof. those are not driving conference realignment talks. No one is. When they're going into conference realignment talk, going, well, how is this going to help our volleyball program? They're never like, anything below basketball is not even discussed. Yeah, how is this going to help? You know, if men's it was, baseball? if yeah. anything below basketball was even discussed, yeah. you wouldn't have LA joining. The right? Big Ten. Yeah, because like, yeah, baseball is not part of the sense. equation. No. Lacrosse, men's and women's lacrosse is not part of the equation here. Yeah. Like it's just not. It, it, when it comes up in the conversation, everyone in the room laughs and goes, "Okay, but let's seriously talk about yeah. football." Like, yeah. who can help us here? Yeah. Like. And that's why you see USC and UCLA get in, and because they're in LA, yeah. And they stuck together. They on stuck that. together. That's which that's is obvious. Yeah. I guess you know part of me from the liking the rivalries in college sports is great, but whew. so okay about how about Oregon? Like that's a that's a hell of a brand with a lot of money behind it. Yeah, Nike is going to get base. them in somewhere. They're going to get them in somewhere. It, it's and honestly, if the Big Ten doesn't stop. I think that's where the Big Ten goes because the Big Ten has already planted their flag out west. So I could see them adding an Oregon yeah. and a Washington. Something northwest, yeah. I could see them adding so Oregon and Washington. Yeah. And then maybe Arizona and Arizona State, like, gosh, maybe you're hoping for the SEC or you're hoping for for the Stanford, Big Ten. Stanford, man. Whew. I see St- oh, Stanford's man. a brand, Stanford. Man. Stanford would be hard to leave out. Stanford is a brand. This is why I don't. This, I hate these this. discussion. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like. I it. hate it. In no way am I going to sit here and say I won't be pumped for some of these matchups on TV and watch. Yeah. Them. I will watch the heck out of them. But, but I, I do don't think like, like this is what happens though when you let these athletic departments run unchecked. Yeah, and it becomes all about dollar bills. Like this is what happens because I think. And I'm with you. I'm not saying I'm going to stop watching because I won't. But it does take away from what I have always said people don't understand about college athletics. The reason college athletics is so big is because of the regional rivalries. It's because of the attachments to the schools. It's, you know, I went to Tech. My neighbor goes to U- went to UVA. And, you know, we hate each other because we're close and, you know... Virginia Tech picking West Virginia back up on the schedule recently has been awesome. I've loved it. West Virginia and Pitt finally playing again. 
I love that. All that has potential to get wrecked again. And I hate that aspect of it. But I well, just and then most local here. Here's here's JMU that finally got finally up, gets and up now in the FBS, get... and now they're back in the yeah. FCS, basically. Like, yep. which is another about... reason. It's another reason when I that I would make the argument because I even before they made the move, I had said the G, the P five are going to move away. Now I always thought the P five would stay intact and then just eventually get together and be like, why are we letting these other schools even have a shot? Like, let's make our own thing. Yeah. We'll have our own rules. Yeah. And it's us. And so I kind of thought that's how that was going to happen. But, yeah, it sucks. It, it sucks. And I just uh, love that team name there. Um, but <laughs> I just don't know. I, there is going to be a cost to all this. I do think eventually these conferences are going to learn. ESPN and Fox only have so much money. And then and at a certain point, your contract is only going to get so high. And so that's that has been a factor I've been paying a lot of attention to this weekend is CBS on the outside looking in. The reason it seems that way right now is because they are. They already lost mm-hmm. the SEC rights. They don't have any big Big Ten football package. Um, they have basketball stuff with Big and, Ten. And right, but so CBS has a lot of money for and they like sports, but like – they could be okay with we're going to cover the heck out of the rest. Like whatever's left, we're going to cover the heck out of that. They could be okay with that because they've already – that's already where they're sitting like these next two years. As soon as the SEC moves away from them, they don't have anything else set up. So like they could be okay with that because they, they have never been as aggressive as Fox. Now ESPN's ESPN. Like that – like they've always been – Pretty aggressive, Here's, always had a lot of impact, all that. Fox is the one that, when they started FS1, threw their hat in the ring. It's all this media stuff. But Fox and ESPN is what that looks like. Like, what is, is CBS going to step up or be okay being the second rate? For college Now football. we're talking for about college it. football. Yeah, this now we're media. talking about something completely this is media different. Side. But media side. Yeah. That's one way for a P3 or a P4 to exist is if CBS says, you know what, we're going to get our. Yeah. We're going to throw our hat in the ring here. We're going to buy one of these conferences and make it a power Own conference. the Pac-12, Big Ten mix, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, the Big 12, yeah. Pac-12 mix. Because the ACC mix. is already owned by ESPN. ACC is ESPN, but that contract runs out, I guess, 2036 when the grant of rights thing is. Yeah, that's far enough in the future that they're, they're owned. I mean, that's more than a decade. If CBS doesn't get involved, my fear would be CBS is going to get knocked out of March Madness. And at that point, oh, they own that you, might as well shut, you might as well shut the door on everything outside of NFL then. And by the way, you better be ready to lose NFL when that comes up because I just don't know what your sports revenue is generating to get football the next time that contract comes around. They really they do have a stranglehold on basketball, but yeah. Uh, that's that's not going to last but you're, forever. Yeah, you're 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 I I mean they own the basket they own the tournament a while uh I would say past 36. But um yeah, I that that's the factor. That's where all this money comes from. All the money we're talking about is media money. Right. So they need a third. I mean, a third player is just going to put more money in the mix, and and that's exactly right. So. Oh, they have a fourteen-year agreement. So it's twenty thirty-four. It looks like. They signed it in twenty ten. It would be twenty twenty-four. Yeah. Not, no, there's something since then. There's something. It's not coming up that soon. There's something since then. It's got to be. 
I don't think it is, Leland. It's I think like it no is one's soon. talking about that. How is how are you the first person I I've think heard to that's talk about soon. this? Because right now we're Until distracted. Twenty thirty two. Okay, well. So there's my like. I mean, if it was if it was only two two more years in the mix, it would. I we don't. I'd already. It, there was already be conversations about it before all this. Yeah. So CBS being a mix in college football would be beneficial for the idea of a power four. Yeah, and I don't know who that fourth is. Maybe it's Amazon or Apple TV or a conference is going to be thinking outside the box. No, because ESPN still owns ACC enough, like for till twenty thirty six. So like, but if the but if ESPN starts paying billions and billions of dollars for the SEC, like they might sell off the ACC rights. Because something's going to have to get. They'll get the big dogs out of there before then, and they'll be pushing for the power two then. Maybe. If that's what ESPN wants, they'll be pushing for the power two. Maybe. And maybe they are. I'm just saying, they've only got so much money to throw around at these conferences. Yeah, I mean, we know ESPN's not the number one business that we. In fact, Disney, there are rumors that Disney is trying to sell ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other angle on this (laughs) topic that we haven't hit on? Not today. I'm just exhausted by it. I hate it all. I do hate it all. How uh, you've been calling some games for the Braves since uh, we talked last? Up and down. They beat Charlottesville, which was cool, but then they got swept by Woodstock in a doubleheader. Um, De Los Santos does lead the league in home runs at five. Ooh, they're five games back in the South. That's not he good. has fallen behind in the in the uh, San- De- De in the RBIs. Yes, De Los Santos has fallen behind in RBIs now because Bryce Fowler had a big weekend, but. Um, yeah, he's just been in a slump, which is really hurt. Um, now, despite that slump where it felt like he didn't have any RBIs or home runs in two and a half weeks, he still leads the league in home runs because he hit one in Charlottesville, and he is second in RBIs. Uh, but right now, Stanton's biggest problem is, you just said it, they are five games behind Covington, and there's only so many games left because and, and the season ends July 22nd, so you've got about three weeks left, and they've got to figure it out. And right now, I just don't know if they can because they've got one more game at Waynesboro coming up. Ironically, they're actually undefeated at Waynesboro this year. They're 3-0. and That Their final game is going to be on Tuesday in Waynesboro. And then I think they have maybe one more or two more at home against them. But you have games against Covington, so you can make that up if you win. But your other problem is just the pitching has been inconsistent. The hitting has started to go quiet in some spots in the lineup. And so I just I don't know. You have 16 games to make up 5 games. That's that's tough. That's a lot. That's a lot of games to make up and not a lot of time. No. And so you need Covington to fall flat on their face. Eh. You need to beat Covington in your head-to-heads. You have to sweep your two doubleheaders that are remaining in my opinion. You cannot lose to Percival. You cannot lose to Front Royal. Those are not very good teams. Those are the teams in the North that are not going to the playoffs. You cannot lose to them. And so if you go 4-0 in those, that obviously that's a start. you got to beat Covington in your head-to-heads. Two, two-thirds of your remaining games are at home. That's nice. It is, but... They play better at Waynesboro. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, they're, they've got three wins at Waynesboro. They have eight total. Switch home parks for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they have three wins, three wins at Waynesboro. Uh, they have one win in Charlottesville. They have so that's four of your eight. Huh. And one of their wins is at Newmarket. 
they got three games with Covington. All of those become or four games with Covington. I mean, those are as must wins. I mean, you got to have the head to heads. You got to have the head to heads with Covington since that's the team you're only chasing Covington. Yeah, you've you're won not, two home games. Oh man, I mean, you're not moving up further up the standings than trying to get into that final playoff spot, that four spot than Covington. I guess Charlottesville's right there at line, but you just got to beat these heads up with Covington. That's a team like Charlottesville. For some reason, I just picture them better because they've been in championship talks these last few years. I just assume they're better. But, yeah, you got to find a way to cut that. You're not going to pass Harrisonburg and Waynesboro. No, uh, those teams are out of reach. Uh, and in my opinion, Charlottesville is out of reach. Yeah. Um, Harrisonburg has had a really good week to kind of pull themselves away from the drop. So I, I think Covington is your only shot. I know right now Charlottesville is close to Covington in the standings. But as you said, Leland, I know they just came off a win at Charlottesville, but the Tom Sox have just more consistent pitching. Their their players, I think, have higher upside, I guess is how I would classify it. Their the offense cream, has been struggling. That, as but, you see in the Valley League so many years, those teams that have more talent rise to the top. Yeah. Everything's getting sorted out. It's a out war of attrition. June. Charlottesville has more depth. They, just, they do. Yeah. They just have more depth. Everything gets sorted out in June, and then all of a sudden in July, you see the teams that are better go to the top. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I don't have a lot of hope that Stanton is going to find a way into the playoffs unless they get absolutely red hot and have a Waynesboro-type run. I mean, Waynesboro has just been lights out this year. They have been amazing. That team seems like the team that's going to represent the South the way it's going right now. Yeah. And when you look at the North, it does still kind of look like Strasburg or Woodstock. Now, Strasburg is... Up and down recently, and the market has gotten in there a little bit. Yeah, but they're only two games back. Like, two games over 16 is not Yeah, I mean, I'm saying they've lost six of their last ten, so it's a bit of a downswing for the Express right now. But they're still three games over 500. Like you said, they're two games out of first. So they can very easily, if they hold up in the postseason and players stick around, which they are right now in Strasburg, like, that's going to help them. Yeah, a couple couple stretches where they're seven and three, eight and two. I mean, they're right. right They'll be right back in it. But Front Royal, Percival, those are the two teams not making it. Those are the two teams, or excuse me, two teams from the North not making it. Those are the two teams that Stanton has left, and you got to win them. you got to win those. That has to be four so wins. So there you go. Beat, beat those two doubleheaders and, and be, win, win your game against Covington. Heads up against Covington. And you'll, you'll sneak in there. I think you will. But then you'll face the Generals where you get, your, you get to play more games at their park uh, yeah. during that series. <laughs> and that, that's where yeah, and if you win Tuesday, you're undefeated in the regular season there. Yeah. So, the Braves, I mean, I guess from the start, you know, we were only so optimistic about their title chances. But, yeah, I'd like to see them in the darn playoffs. And, I, and that's sad. That's where I was last year, too. I just, I just want to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the other news, we don't talk NBA uh, every week of this podcast by any means. But the big talk um, that I've had with other people on the sports end has been the Durant, Kyrie, Brooklyn Nets drama that just continues and uh, because drama follows Kyrie because he's he just wants to be against the grain no matter what happens it just seems like his decision making is the opposite of the majority or of what everybody thinks he should do in the same sense though I think Durant has a little bit of that in him I think Durant has a little bit of that I'm going to do it my way kind of attitude it's just less pronounced than Kyrie so the Nets are on the edge of losing both those guys you have Kyrie out there searching for the the, the sign and deal situation that he's begging for, um, that I guess he opted in for, 
and immediately started negotiating. And then you got Durant that's asked for a trade. And he has, what, four more years on his contract? So you just you wonder where these guys are going to land. I This whole Nets experiment, I, I don't see how it could have gotten worse. Did, they, went, they won one playoff series in the last couple of years, and that's it. Um, I don't know. I was just it one I think or two, I, but yeah. They, I think what I said. I guess I said that last week. It was like forty percent of Kyrie. It's a it's a line I took from Tony Kornheiser's podcast from one of his guests. But like it's you get forty percent of Kyrie. You, he's either on the court forty percent, or you have his forty percent of his attention, or what. And when you have his attention, and when he's on the court, he's great. But you're only going to have him out there productive for forty percent of the time, and that's just. I'd rather have someone not as good as Kyrie, which is most people in the league, than have him for only forty percent of the time. So. I, I don't know. I definitely don't want them to go to the Lakers. I don't want anybody to go to the Lakers um, because I already hate the Lakers. And I maybe maybe it'd be easier if everybody just went to the Lakers. They're all in one place. That'd be fine. Um, I don't know. Apparently, Kyrie on July 3rd purchased a house in L.A. He purchased some big house in L.A. So that was the, the tea leaves uh, from morning Twitter was that Kyrie's going to the Lakers. But I guess the Clippers could be a possibility. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. That whole thing is something else. I just – the Nets traded away a lot to get those two guys, and those two guys are going to not – They're not going to be there. They're not going to be there, and they're going to have gutted that franchise. Like, the Nets will – it will take the Nets a very long time to be competitive again. What's some of the big stuff that stood out to you in Major League Baseball this week? <sighs> well, I, I do think one of the things that when you look at – Major League Baseball is you're looking at particularly um, selfishly from an Orioles standpoint. It's a week where you're still hanging around like seven and a half back of the wild card. You've won five of your last ten. But this could have been a great weekend for the Orioles. They could have swept the Twins, and they didn't. They blew two saves, ended up winning the series finale. But they could have swept there, which would have been big. Um, When you look around the league outside of Baltimore – I, I do think you're looking at kind of that NL East and the, the way everyone is playing in there, and it's it's starting to kind of become a three-team race where the Mets and the Braves look to be good and definitely playoff teams. The Phillies are starting to get into that conversation, even with the Bryce Harper injury. So the question is, can that can do they have the staying power there? Um but you look out west, and I know the Padres are three up right now. But, man, the Padres have just not been very good the past week. And you do kind of wonder, is some of that going to start to wear on them? And you look at their record against teams above 500. It's not good. So when they start playing these better teams, are they going to be able to survive? And, and we'll find out. The other thing that helps them is the Giants aren't really good, and the NL Central's not amazing so maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe the Giants the or NL the Padres Central is sneak definitely in. not amazing with you know three of the five teams 13 games plus back yeah. right um but I, I just I don't know that's going to be really hard I think the, the only worst division though is the AL West where four of the five teams are 13 yeah. and a half games or worse back and that includes the LA Angels and that was the conversation Steve and I had last night it was like how how much talent that team has had on the field and hitting mm-hmm. and to not produce anything to the playoffs. And like, look at this division this year. All, I mean, you're playing all your games against that division and still you're 
under 500. You're 37 and 44. And it's just like this is the year that they should have – they have a little better – like you thought they were going to have a little bit of pitch, better pitching. They have a lot in the field like they have had. You just thought they could have put it together this year, and they're sitting out there fourth in that division. And it's just – that's why they fired Joe Madden. I mean, that, that, that's the explanation. But it's just like out of this whole time, since the rally monkey, the Angels haven't been anything. And it just how sad is that for this team that's had Mike Trout? And it's just – ugh. Well, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Um, and yeah, Shohei Otani's – Lots, a lot more recent, but Mike Trout's been there for a while. But there's other great guys that went through there. Uh, you also have uh, what Rendon out there and other good talent that's they, that's wound out there. The reason we brought the Angels up Ooh, is because we were talking about where the Pirates O'Neill Cruz will end up someday, <laughs> and the Angels are who we landed on. But uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then he also he'll just not go to playoffs in L.A. Which I guess yeah. if you have to choose between L.A. or Pittsburgh so not to not make the playoffs, playoffs I guess I choose L.A. too. But. Um, yeah, it's just kind of shocking, right, that you're looking at the Angels and as much talent as they amass, and they're they're doing so poorly. I, I get you fired Joe Madden. I don't think Joe Madden's necessarily the problem. Well, maybe he's not helping. Coach over. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, maybe, he, maybe that's not helping, but it, I don't think that's the reason they're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Boston's that team that's woke up in, in, in June. It wasn't just yep. this last week. They woke up in yep. June because uh, we talked to Steve in May, I guess, and he was pretty down, and – I remember kind of being hesitant to be as down, but I get it when it's your own team, and I get you piling on on it when the Orioles are in the division. But I was like, yeah, Boston's got a the lot AL there. The East had a they great could, month of June. They could do something. Yeah, they had a lot of t- – I mean, even the team that's sitting in last place had a good June. Um, yeah, they had a winning record in the month of June. All of them had a winning record in the month of June, which is why it was frustrating for the Orioles. We have that winning record in the month of June, and we actually lose ground in the division because the Yankees and the Red Sox are just – blowing everyone away and and the and Yankees Boston's are 13, 13 and a half, and a half. Yeah. yeah the Yankees are 13 and a half up so the Yankees are in the playoffs now the question will be when the Yankees get to the postseason are they healthy I hope not. and can those guys do well in the playoffs I hope not I hope not either I will say Yankees bullpen not fantastic yeah. so and that means a lot in October yeah that that's the only hope I have of the Yankees not ending up winning I I will tell you the next coach who you should look at possibly being fired from a team that maybe still has an outside shot at a postseason appearance. I'd say the angels are probably dead. Um, Chicago, Tony Belusa should be fired. There is no way that team They're with that much they talent should, no should be under be right 500. Oh the yeah. Right, right game there. under right 500 yeah. should not happen. Absolutely. Cannot happen. I think there were 500 before yesterday. Right. <laughs> Maybe not. They won three in a row. I, for some reason, I heard they were 500, but I was like, yeah, that was a team. I think you predicted them, predicted them to win that division. And oh, because it's not a good division. No, it's not a good division. <sighs> we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, so I actually – all right, let's talk about this. Uh, I want, We meant to talk about this last week, and we got bound up with some other stuff, so let's have this topic. Uh, I hit on this with last week's guest on episode 199. Uh with um, Flesher from uh, Wilson, he had gone to some Oriole games, or he went to an Oriole game, and they lost. And uh, he says, yeah, they always lose when I go. Well, Jeff Wright, a couple weeks ago on Twitter, indicated he had, when he goes to Nationals games, they win every game he comes to. And I was encouraging him to make sure management knows about that. Right. Do you ever have those thoughts go through your brain about going to see your favorite team? Do you think your presence changes it because i know i have an opinion on that no i want to go no matter what 
um, when I have a chance. Um, now, I will say, as a child, Virginia Tech had some of their biggest upsets during the, the Sugar Bowl runs with Druckenmiller all the way up um, to even the Vic years. Um, and, like, Al Clark and those guys. Like, some of their biggest upsets I was in attendance for. Yeah, that's good. Like, when they would play the Miami teams that would come in in the top five and Tech would upset them, I was there for those games. In fact, to the point where I, I think the first time Virginia Tech ever lost um, when I was in attendance was I sat on – one side of the stadium, the side I always sit on, for a half, they were beating the pee out of UVA, and it was Aaron Brooks oh, was there. Yeah. And then yeah. we had to go. We had to go back over to our seats, uh, where our actual seats were, because other people showed up for the second half. Um, and when I went over there to where our actual seats were for that particular game, yeah. we lost in the second half. And so then it was, we have to be sitting in the West stands. Yeah. Like, we can't be sitting in the East stands. Yeah. The East stands are the bad luck. Um, but now I've seen Virginia Tech lose plenty of times in West and East. <laughs> but um, I actually, you know what? I don't know if I've seen Virginia Tech lose in the West stands. It might only be the East stands I've seen them lose. Remind me to buy season tickets for you for the West fans this fall. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. I... I feel like with Virginia Tech, I mean, I had season tickets for some years there and, you know, didn't miss home games for a long stretch, um, you know, up until the last few years since I had kids, you know, all mm -hmm. through late high school, college, and early married time, um, going to every home game. Um, so I can't just say my presence affects Tech. The harder I try to go to a Tech game, the more, the more they lose by. Like, the harder it is for me to go. It's not just like – you know, especially some of those row games or bowl games. Like, if it's not just, like, the easy, like, yeah, let's just drive down here to Wake Forest. Oh, we won that game. That's great. North Carolina, same kind of thing. That's good. When it's, like, plane ticket and working it out, and I still don't have a ticket. Holy crap, I'm worried about this. Like, that's the LSU game when we get just run out of the stadium. That's the wow. That's the uh, FedEx field game against Boise State. Like, I had mm. a lot of trouble for my ticket for that game. And, like, someone getting sick is what got me and Stephanie in that game. And uh, – really lucked out and then we got beat you know it just and it started horribly yeah um so like that's kind of my thing with tech is like the harder i try the harder i push the more they're gonna like the worse it's gonna be the more disappointed i'm gonna be um jmu we kind of have it like and i think that's just us showing up for the big games but like it there is this sense that like they just seem to lose a lot of football games when we're in attendance so uh i don't know i do feel like Sometimes, like, we have that opinion. Now, it's not a, you know, surefire proved thing with statistics by any means, but you get that feeling sometimes, like, oh, we're here, so they're going to lose. And we, we were afraid we jinxed the Riverheads baseball team this spring, too, but on their last game, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have that. Um, I don't feel like it, it changes the outcome. I feel like the Orioles are probably – I don't have stats to back this up, but I feel like I've seen them win and I've seen them lose and been okay on both. Um just, I know for a while, I had taken credit for Stanton High School success when I started at the radio station because they won the basketball well, yeah. championship and they got yeah. to the football state championship right after I joined. And then they went right joined. back to the state Yeah, then they went right back to basketball. the basketball state championship and then they lost there. And I was like, oh, I just That's made them the Buffalo it. Bills. Yeah. And, and then they didn't <laughs> go back anymore. So, um, but yeah, the first three championships covered by me uh, on ESPN 1240 The Boss Stanton played in. So, 
Um, I'm not. I'm not saying anything, Tibbs. You, you I'm just you saying covered a, you covered a Riverheads. Uh, the Riverheads played the noon game the same day as the Stanton football. So three. I'm, okay, three the first of the three first state championship yeah. days <laughs> featured Stanton. That's when they didn't mess around with Riverheads playing at noon in Salem. Um, yeah, that's a good. That was a good little run. That was fun. That was that was fun because like the basketball kind of bringing back, you know, waking up waking up the old classic. Stanton basketball, which was and that was fun, but then the the football just rising up, and they mm-hmm. they hadn't done that before. That was a fun little stretch for that team. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Tibbs as the AD now needs to recognize and it was you me. know hire a high priced uh, consultant voice talent to come to yeah, just a consultant <laughs> that shows up, calls games occasionally, and you know we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, no, I. I in all in all seriousness, I don't believe in that, but that's cool for Jeff. And if I was Jeff, I would absolutely be trying to spin that to oh, get yeah. tickets out of it. I'm not saying. While I'm saying I don't believe it, I'm also not saying I wouldn't try to use it to get tickets. <laughs> use it to your advantage, for sure. All right. So uh, away from direct sports, uh, mm-hmm. I did watch the hustle movie with Adam Sandler that you had no interest in. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't wait I on you based on your response on my list. Um. Yeah, I'm not saying go watch it. I, in no way am I going to sit here and tell you to go watch it. I was one of those where I, I probably had fairly negative, like, if it's any kind of good, that'll be a win. And I think it, it had some – it was entertaining. There was entertainment value. Um, it was made in the mold of Adam Sandler in a more serious role. This wasn't goofy Adam Sandler talking in a voice, dressing up or holding his mouth weird. It wasn't one of those movies. And I actually like Adam Sandler in a lot of those kind of more serious roles where he shows that he can act. And, and I think the movies he puts himself in are decent. Um, I think my issues with this are just problems with Hollywood of like, you know, inaccuracies of how the system works. And, and I think they tried their best to fit it into a mold that can make sense for the story of like an overseas player um, coming over and, and getting ready for the draft and own issues with ownership for Adam Sandler's char- character and what he's doing. But I think that's where I think you would have your most trouble with this movie is just like the, that, that doesn't happen in the real world aspects. I think that's where you would struggle with this. I think the way the movie was made, the quality, the effort, the acting, I think you actually would be surprised. Like you'd be like, Oh, okay. Like this was, this was better than I would have thought it would have been. But yeah, the, I think the, that doesn't happen in real life would, would drive you nuts. Um, so I think in general, it's not a movie to, for general audience, maybe you, I'm not telling to go watch, but like other people, I'd say, you know, you have nothing else to watch instead of watching, you know, Shawshank for the 40th time, watching this won't be a bad thing. And, and there's entertainment value and you'll be happy, but otherwise don't, it's not appointment viewing. And, uh, but I'm, I like if Adam Sandler is going to make more movies like this. I know he has that big Netflix uh, contract where he's making so many movies this is a lot better than just pair him with a you know similarly aged pretty hollywood actress and have some kind of you know throwing the family together or putting the family on vacation with other comedians or something like that like i think it's better than that um of an effort but also still you know it seemed like on that diamond heist or not diamond heist movie but the the, where he was the jeweler, uncut they were really gems. going, yeah, uncut gems. They were like, oh, this is Adam Sandler's shot for an Oscar. If that's what he's vying for, this still wasn't, you know, this this still isn't where we're going with that. And uncut gems was terrible. This movie uncut was gems. so much better than uncut gems. 
He yelled probably a similar amount, but it fit because he was coaching up a player. Um, uh, I will I will say for this movie, the actor of the NBA player in the movie, like when we watched Uncut Gems and it has Kevin Garnett and it was just so uneven and weird on like some of the celebrities and NBA players that were acting this. This had a lot of NBA players and because I think it really had NBA support. They were all pretty good. It was all in the same mold. A lot of them playing themselves, which I think helps that. But the act, the player from the Utah Jazz, whose name escapes me, Gobert. That no, it's not Gobert. That plays the lead role here. He, Mitchell. Uh no. Um. So you really know nothing about this movie. Uh, he's a foreign-born player. Uh, oh. That, uh, uh, <laughs> let's see. It's not Jokic. <laughs> no, he's not like a star player. Um, Bogdanovich. That could be it. Uh, he did a good job. Like, I think they left him in as, you know, what he is, like a foreign-born player trying to make it in the NBA. Like, they, they left it in his advantage. They set him up for success. But I thought he did a good job um, playing the role, and, they, and, and it did a good job there. So I'll give him credit that he didn't stand out that, like, um, that's his name. So he doesn't play for the Jets, which is the Nuggets. Me. Yeah, I messed up. He plays for the Nuggets. Um, he did a good job. He did a good job in the movie. Um, it's enjoyable. I, they, you know, they had so much NBA backing and NBA players involved. They like tried to make it as realistic as possible. It just, it didn't land. Like for me to know that it's, that's not great. So I'm it, not going to watch it. That's fine. Don't. I can't wait. What have you watched? Uh, so I've been watching a lot, actually. I'm trying to finish stranger things. Although I will say I am really not excited about season five, but we talked about that last week. We don't need to talk about it again. Um, I had a, I heard a positive review on uh, not like positive positive but like a liking it review from season four of Stranger Things from somebody else. So I was I do I've liked season four so far. Okay. I just think the way I know, yeah, I'm going into the last then. yeah I guess I'm well I was more negative at this at this point of I think season four has the perfect ending like you're doing a good job telling this ending wrap it up versus like going into the last episode I still don't know how they're going to pull this into a season five yeah. but I'm sure I'll find out and i'll hate it but um i also have been watching um only murders in the building is back that's a great show on hulu if you haven't seen it um and i just started the terminal list with chris pratt on amazon i don't even know that that is good uh he plays a navy seal who has a mission go go wrong and then there's there's the way it's setting up after the first episode is there is a he gets a concussion on the mission that goes wrong and it's uh is he having a brain injury and going crazy or is he being set up kind mm-hmm. of thing going on um so that's going to be interesting to see and I'm very interested to finish the first season of that is that a, all out of it now or is it I think it is all of it nice. now is out um so I'm very interested to see that. Um, the other thing I saw, and I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the video with the guy that has the sprinklers at the wedding? Or uh, sparklers, not sprinklers. Yeah. Sparklers at the wedding and lights the thing on fire and then puts it on himself. He's so so calm and collected. Not calm, but not fired up about a wedding, about no. a fire. He was he, having a good time. He was having a good time and continued to. He, yeah, he cleared the fire off the barrel, got it away from everything else, and then stomped the fire out. And then immediately started dancing, and I'm guessing the woman is his wife. I think that was his other daughter. 
Oh, you think that's a daughter? I think that's a daughter. She looked younger. His okay, wife maybe. is who I think he was dancing behind to begin with. Maybe. That would be better for that yes. scenario, if that's the case. Yes. But yeah, then someone goes up to him. Daughter, woman. We'll just say a woman someone goes up to him. Someone that has some influence on his behavior. Says, <laughs> you see enough. it in his face. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I got to stop. Which I was kind of like, well, the dangerous part's over. <laughs> Just don't hand him another sparkler. And, like, he's fine. And really what started the fire was very much mishap. It wasn't, like, complete, like, I'm acting like a terrible fool and I'm starting this fire. It was just, it just happened. Like, he was, had a sparkler, which all the I would say the other woman was, that he was dancing with was also very close to the thing that started the fire. Yeah. So, like, it it was a a pure accident and it wasn't completely terrible behavior that caused the fire. But then he put out his own fire. Yeah, so he handled it. I still think he's going to come at the uh, come at with like, "Hey, I put out the fire," and someone's going to be like, "That you started." Like, it's, I think it's still Maybe, that. <laughs> but but my thing with that would be like, don't hand sparklers out where there's yeah. like you know, dried corn husks. Yeah, they. Uh, That's a really the one bad woman idea. From the behind, immediately got this like oh, white cloth. Oh yeah, saved the drapes. That was that would have started it up the building pretty. Yeah, quick. That, that was smart. She, she was, was smart. An underrated player in that video. And this is a this is a thirty second. Uh, you know, a lot happens. Quick in 30 video. Seconds. Uh, we'll retweet it from here after the, uh, behind this podcast so everybody can see it. Um, yeah, everybody's been talking about that. I, I did enjoy that video. That was. A good I one. thought that was good, and I I think. I wasn't there. I also don't know what happens before. I also don't know what happens after. I know what he did before. He drank a lot. Well, sure. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I don't know his behavior before. Like, I don't know if he was being a jerk before or not. But what's in the video, yes, he starts the fire, but he puts it out. Without drama. Without drama. Didn't didn't spread it. Yeah. Actually, was very good to not spread it very and brave. put it out. Amazingly, he was wearing flame retardant tux or something. Oh that's I, that was the other thing. When he's like swinging his arms, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. But somehow doesn't catch himself on fire. And I just kind of thought like, let him. he's go. done the hard part. Like, let him have fun. Let him Maybe go. he doesn't get any more drinks. But yeah. that probably is a likely good decision. But usually let sparkler him dance time, it out. It's, usually at sparkler time, it's leaving time, though. Yeah. So, like, let him dance it, it out. It might happen naturally. Like, right. Let him done. dance it out. He doesn't get to have the keys. Let him dance it <laughs> My out. My God, he doesn't get the keys. <laughs> he might not get the keys for the rest of the week because it might take him that long to sober up. But just let him dance it out. I, I, thought, I thought the person coming in at the end was a little harsh. I was like, come on. Yeah, she, she lit him up. She lit him up. I, yeah, that was a good one. It was a good one. And the fact that he's wearing a tux makes me think he was in the wedding. I think he's the father of the bride. Maybe. That's how I took it. Father of the bride. Okay, well, then you know what? If the daughter that's the bride isn't mad, then, you know, you just let it go. Well, I think she's probably about to come out from behind. You know, like, oh, she's no, not She's going to be like, thank you for putting out the fire. Yeah, thanks, Dad. You're the yeah. best, Dad. And especially Party if up. he's the father of the bride. And, and, and if it was, you know, the more traditional way where the uh, father of the bride pays for a lot. If he if he paid for the flowers he lit on fire, then I don't. Sour Those were it. not flowers, or uh, the hay that, that he lit on fire. Then I then absolutely let Who him go. Let, let him, go. him go. Yeah, it's not your day. Yeah, didn't see her date in the picture either. I mean, <laughs> kind of figure out why. But <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but let let it. I honestly, I was like, ah, he put it out. Like, yeah, let him go. Cut him off. But let him go. <laughs> so. 200 episodes in now. We've now completed uh, 200 episodes of the podcast. 
of 200, what's something that, what's, when I say the phrase, like, what's something that sticks out of the last 200, what is, what is something that sticks out? Well, I mean, we had this debate. It was hard to realize, like, it has been four years that we've done this. Yeah. Um, In August, it'll be the four-year mark, and we probably won't acknowledge that quite as much. Right. We're starting to catch the big numbers, but. But it was hard to believe we've been doing it for four years. Um. I've had a lot of fun doing it. This is the first time we've actually done it in person together, which is kind of funny that it lined up that way. We started before a pandemic, and we yeah. still weren't doing it in person. <laughs> right. It's funny that it's lined up that way uh, for the 200th episode. But um, it's been a blast. And even when I sit here and I argue with you um, to the death about the college football playoff yeah. and the need to expand, and we're living why San Jose State needs to be allowed in the college football playoff. But... Um, <laughs> Even those kind of arguments. And there's been, I'd say there are a few weeks where, like, we'll, when we're done recording on those kind of weeks where we're like, all right, talk to you later. And we get off. But more times than not, even when we get in our arguments. A handful. Maybe a handful. Like a I was going to say, that's, not many. Three, I was going to say, those you could count on a JPP yeah. hand. Yeah. But <laughs> speaking of which, I hope everyone was safe on July the 4th. But um, three or four times, it's like, I am mad at Joe. Right. And it's more the way you argued than, right. than the content. Right. Uh, because a lot of times, I and I think those weeks are probably the weeks that mo- some people wouldn't necessarily think that was the case. Like, I think That's there's true. weeks that we sound matter at each other and immediately we're, like, laughing about it. Or, we're like, laughing. Or I or... come, like, as soon as we press stop and I, like, give you the stat that, like, aligns with your side or something. You know, like, though I think the weeks we sound matter at each other are the weeks that we really don't. It's not that we're mad no, at each other. No, it's not that big of a deal. I think we are mad at each other. I get I get quiet. I'm just like, okay, yep. <laughs> right. Um, which is funny, and I, I've enjoyed it. And, yeah. Um, I'm glad we've done it. You know, I've it's been it's been a lot of fun over the last four ish years or going on four years now, and I hope to keep on doing it. Yeah. No, that's the plan. Now, this isn't a you know, 200 and we're out situation. We're playing it on more and at least it, it, especially like in the kind of the, the vein we've been doing it for the last four years to keep it up and uh, looking at ways to make it better or more interesting and, and gain listeners. You know, uh, I like what we're doing for the local coverage of sports. And yeah. I, like, I like who we involve in that other people that are doing it, but also bringing in other people and just hearing their points of views and their fandoms and their stories. And uh, so I like that. Uh, but I would, you know, I think when we started this podcast, you're like, if if you're doing this for like fame or listeners, you're yeah. That was we, one of the first. We better things. not do this. <laughs> yeah, I do remember when you said, "Do you want to do this?" And I was like, "I guess I just need to know why are we doing it? Are yeah. we doing it because we like talking about local yes. sports and it's a it's an avenue that's not being covered all that well, or in this, not in that it wasn't being in covered this frame, in this way? In this but, venue, yeah. There's yeah. no audio yeah. format for it, right? Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, because we, I mean, we have other people who cover local sports better than we do yes and that's why we have them on um but yeah there's no podcasts or there's no you know local high school sports talk shows or anything in our area so if that's why we're doing it and you we know that we get along enough that we're gonna have fun doing it and then we can talk about you know virginia tech uva which we're passionate about or whatever pro sport (laughs) pro tech Um, anti-uva yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we can we can have that fun um but if we're doing it because we want to get listeners and make money on it, you know, I told you because I had done 40 sports and yeah. we've had to stop just because doing Stanton Braves baseball, I don't get a chance to go to other Valley League. And when I have nights off, it's very important for me to have the night off and not go to another game right. somewhere else. Um, 
So I knew based on whoever we talked about, our viewership would fluctuate wildly. Yeah. And I, I had known like, all right, well, it's probably the same way depending on what high schools we talk about. But I don't want to focus on one high school's athletics. Man. I don't think that's right. Yeah. So I just, we just need to know like, hey, we might. And like 40 sports is over the entire valley, Percival to yeah. Covington. Yeah. Versus Augusta County. Right. Waynesboro Stanton. Like that's it. Um, so not not saying that we don't have people outside of Waynesboro, Stanton and Augusta County that don't listen. I mean we do, and we appreciate wherever you're listening from. But we had one in focused Alaska on two weeks ago. It was good. There you go. Um <laughs> but we do we do typically focus on at least always the first half of a podcast yeah. is always on the high school sports when they're going on. So um I'm glad we're doing it. Uh I I do think even if the time comes where we can't do it for whatever reason. Um, I would hope somebody else would come in and do it just because yeah. I do think it's important to have yeah. that kind of coverage. And um, obviously, like you said, this isn't us saying 200 and we're looking for escape routes. No, but yeah, we're going to keep going. We're, we hope to do an, at least another 200. Yeah, and, I, and my thing of more listeners is just, I think, I think more people I think can the enjoy us than that are, are, yeah. are, than, than are enjoys. That's my only motivation, not... And, not and I will to say reach this. a certain number. Just sure. To... I, I will say this as we're in episode 200 and wrapping it up here. If you are one of the local fans that is listening and you have, man, I wish they would do this or this is a segment they could do yeah. or something like that, please reach out to us on yeah, social media. We're open for ideas. Like Leland McRae is uh, at LG McRae. Is that what it is? Yeah, but we got the Yak, uh, Yak Sports Pod at gmail.com is yeah. a very easy way of reaching us. But yeah, Leland GM is my gmail and uh joe deck five is, is how you find me on twitter gmail. that's my twitter it's not my gmail what's your gmail <laughs> i don't don't email me because <laughs> i will see it but then i will probably not get to it and then it will get lost <laughs> in a mountain of emails at joe deck five is my twitter there you go you can follow me on there send me a direct message and we will go go that avenue because that will be the better way to reach me and that Yak Sports, sure. Yak Sports Pod at Gmail is the absolute way that you'll get in contact with us with the podcast. That's um, true, too. But, yeah, if you have an idea for the show or an aspect or an under-covered uh, aspect of sports in the area, you know, let us know about it and so we can consider it, you know. Yeah. I, the fun thing that I've been kind of uh, jumping on this weekend, and this is homerism here, I, I know that, but uh, the South Augusta Little League has done a great job of covering their all-star tournaments. That is something I've never thought about since I played in South Augusta All-Star Baseball. And I've never thought about it. But they're on there daily with posts and updates for these kids. They have these cool pictures of the kids that are uh, – of the teams that are playing. And they, they really follow along from, from, from Facebook message to Facebook message or uh, Facebook posting to where, like, you can follow up with them. And I'm all of a sudden hooked on, like, what the rookies are – you know, if they won the state championship today or not. And uh, so, like, I think it's important for, like – that consistency of social media that like, I think we need more of in this area. And I think it'd be nice to be involved with other people doing similar things in the area uh, of promoting coverage. And I think I've talked to some of those people that think there should be more coverage of the local sports because they're used to what it used to be in the eighties and nineties. And before big corporate uh, owned these these papers. I mean, that's really the, the that thing. Is as, kinda, as good yeah. as Patrick Hyde is for us and as good as Cody Elliott is for us. Um, 
you know, their jobs have been affected by the ownership of these papers, and, and that affects the coverage. So I'm, I'm anxious to see, like, how the coverage transforms with other people like you and I who, you know, voluntarily do this additional form of coverage. It's not real coverage. It's discussion right. about. But, like, I think other people are trying to do stuff like that. So I, I want to hear more about that. So if you have ideas or you're starting to do something and you want us to know about it so we can promote, you know, we can go at this hand in hand, like, let us know what you're doing because we're always interested in that. So Yeah, and again, like like you said, I think we're always looking for ways to improve the podcast too and we want to hear from people yeah. and we want know, 300 like, to be better than 200 was so. yeah we don't want people to be like oh man well they've gotten to 300 episodes but really it was the first <laughs> 100 that were the best and then after that they sucked like tell us <laughs> tell us what you want more of and what you want less of now i'm not saying we're always going to listen we'll take it under advisement like yeah. i know jeff wright is sitting there probably licking his chops saying oh boy less soccer less office i can't promise that but We'll do our best. South Augusta won the state. The rookies well, good for won them. the state. So I'm, I'm happy for my South Augusta uh, Little League roots. <laughs> that looks like Babe Ruth or Cal Ripken. This is Cal Ripken League. But I guess it was Babe Ruth when I played. They, yeah, they, Cal Ripken They've League. divided that up. Well, they, well, what they did was they realized Babe Ruth's actually not that good of an athlete. And <laughs> I they think want the their Babe Ruth's the big bases now, right? Because they're probably big in more ways than one, I guess, but <laughs> Cal Ripken, yeah. they're like, that's a better athlete. Yeah. We'll just, you know, we want these kids to strive to be better athletes. <laughs> they w- Let's name they it after play Cal Ripken. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to argue anything against Cal Ripken. He was, he was great. So yeah, that's great that we have a, um, a state uh, champion little league team uh, in South Augusta, my Homerism talking there, but uh, just to round out that I looked it up while I was talking about it. I-, I will also say something in the final, like this year that we started the Yak Cup. I have enjoyed that. It's made, I think, being honest, if we're going to self-reflect a little bit, I think it's made us better at covering all of the sports. Yeah. And so doing that, I think it's helped. Um, I'm looking forward to another year of the Yak Cup and seeing if Wilson wins again or if somebody else can come up and get him. Or if one of these Class 2s, which I guess is just Stewart's draft now, or Class 1s, or another Class 3. Like, How does that shake out at the end of the year again? Yeah, uh, I'm very interested to see how that goes. And again, like if you want more, more of that, more if there's some, if there's a cool way you think we could do it, we're always open to suggestions. Just reach out, like Leland said, yaksportspod at gmail dot com, um, or you could hit me up on Twitter and just let me know. Yep. So two hundred. That's done. All right, well. <laughs> Make sure you guys are following us at UX Sports Pod. Subscribe to us, Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. And we'll be back next week with more summer episodes. Always use summer topics. While, while, you're, t- while you're telling us what you want us to do, Yeah. Uh, the coverage of the, of the local sports is great. But during the summer here, if you have any ideas, throw it at us. Because uh, going to have to get back to Disney. I think we had a list of three things on our summer, summer topics, and uh, we might need to add to that in the next for, for July here. So, All right. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.